Hi, my name's Stephen. I was a VC for 31 years, and a few years ago I decided to do something different. And it struck me in my learnings as a VC, you should solve very large problems. And the largest one I could see was the problem of affordable housing. It's a problem we all hear about. There's actually 560,000 households in Los Angeles that spend more than half of their income on rent. It's a crazy amount. But what I've learned over the past couple of years is that housing affordability is actually our three largest problems. Because of how expensive it is to live in LA and other large cities, some people make the decision to live very far away and commute. And the result of that is that 11% of all the traffic on our streets, on our highways, are people commuting more than an hour and a half each way. If we had affordable housing and people could live within 30 minutes of where they work, the vehicle miles traveled would reduce by 36%. Basically, think of it this way. Today's highway system, but the number of cars from the mid-1970s. This is why we have traffic. The other way people address housing affordability is many of them are forced not to have a house. They, choose, they, they are forced, really, to live in their cars. So in LA, if you look at, this is from the last housing a statistics report. If you look in LA, 40% of the people who are homeless living in their cars actually work full-time jobs. So we have this problem. It seems like it'd be fixable. And if we look at other sources, you can see that the Los Angeles Homeless Services Agency also says housing affordability is what's driving a lot of our homeless problem. In looking at who those people are that are homeless, and, and looking at individuals, and we've met a number of them who've moved into units that we've built, that 40% that work full-time jobs but can't afford a home are actually doing pretty important jobs. The, the craziest group I found, and we, we have one as a tenant, is U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. If you're a trainee, if you join the government and you have the security clearance to walk on the tarmac at Los Angeles Airport, your starting pay is $39,000 a year. A lot of those folks end up living in their cars. And it drives a very interesting and unfortunate behavior. Uh, the weather forecast here for Friday is that it's going to be cold and very rainy. If you're living in your car, you see that forecast, you hop in the car tonight, and you're going to drive and go find a homeless shelter so that you can stay warm this weekend. And on Friday night, when the weather turns bad, the other 35% of the folks who haven't had the foresight to find shelter are going to be the ones that are cold and out in the rain and unable to find shelter because the beds were taken. So if we actually fixed housing affordability, it more than doubled the resources available to people who are homeless, the, the ones living under the bridges who, who don't have work. There's a path to this. We, we talk about homelessness and housing affordability, but there are solutions that have been put in place, and they're very new but I believe that they can completely cure the, cha the problem of affordability. And, and what it is, is to take land that's terribly utilized and put more housing on it. And the beauty of doing that in residential areas is you don't end up with a huge concentration of people living in one building that attracts concern from the neighbors. You have one home here, one home over there. It's a very gentle way of building more housing. So there's been a couple of laws passed in California that facilitate this, and this change in zoning is huge. 
We've had local government enforce zoning laws across California by policy for 70 years, and that is what's led us to this exclusionary environment where we have houses that are, are of land that could be used for housing that isn't. Simply freeing up land in Los Angeles County that is presently used for things like a garage, like this, this is housing for garbage. And these new rules and what we do turn it into this, housing for people. There's about 940,000 opportunities just in L.A. to do this. We also take houses like this, completely trashed out. Neighbors are not happy with that being in the neighborhood. And with the new laws that have been created, in a very short period of time, about 10 to 12 months, we can turn it into that, homes for eight people, eight households. So that's what United Dwelling is doing. And there's really three pillars to being able to build affordable housing. The first is you need an expensive land. And it's these changes in zoning laws that free up so much land to build on that makes this possible. In a nutshell, you can put two to four homes where there used to be one, most of them in multifamily areas. So they're, they're still high-density communities. You're just taking individual parcels of land poorly used and repurposing them. We've identified 93,000 parcels that are like this, where you can tear down one very old, very poor condition home and build other houses. The second key to making housing affordable is to simplify construction. A little bit of that's building in a factory, but most of it's just building a consistent product, not trying to customize every single unit to the vagaries of the individual lot owner, but saying, here's a simple solution, and it's quite amazing if you build the same thing repeatedly how efficient you can get at doing it. So we've got this immense problem, but immense problems, I've learned over the years, present tremendous opportunities. So as I said, there's the opportunity to build 940,000 new homes. We don't need anywhere close to that, uh, but the opportunity is there to do it and really fix this problem. And what's neat about it is that single-family residential is actually the hottest part of the real estate market. It's the easiest place there is to raise capital. And what's being, what we can do here, we can repeat in San Francisco, in Denver, D.C., a bunch of other cities that have also made similar changes in their zoning laws. So what we build is a brand new home. It's standalone. You don't have any shared walls with the neighbors. These two homes that you see in here are about three blocks apart. And which one would you rather live in? Uh, to me, I'm biased. But I think the answer is pretty clear, that the units that we're building are a much more compelling living environment, and yet we can build them so inexpensively that we can rent them for significantly less than what homes rent for in Los Angeles now. It's, it's actually crazy in L.A. If you go look online and look for a rental, for a two-bedroom rental, but you want it to be standalone, and something built in the last 20 years, price less than $4,000 a month, if you go look online, you'll see that in all of L.A. County, there are five of those today. This product simply doesn't exist because land was so expensive, but with these changes in zoning laws and freeing up the land to build, we can actually do this. So what I believe is that if we can build about 150 new units a month, that'd be 10% of the supply of rentals hitting the market in any given month. And with the quality that we produce at, I think we can pull the prices out at the bottom end of the market force through supply and demand the other providers of low or income housing to reduce their prices because the market will require it. 
That, to me, is the opportunity, and I do believe it's achievable in the next four to five years. For, for us, it's a great business, but it's also great for our customers. Whether it's a property owner or a developer, the returns they get by taking land that's really underutilized, that garage, or empty, and turning it into a home are exceptional. And the result of that is we're finding a wonderful demand to do what we do. In fact, in the last roughly 14 months, we've signed a little over $270 million of contracts to build roughly 1,100 homes. So that's what we do. I wanted to take one other moment, though. I, as I said, I was a VC for 30 years. And now I'm on the other side. I get to talk, I get to be a CEO and run a company. And on behalf of the VCs who are in this room, there's a couple of things I want to say to the entrepreneurs here. The first is, I never understood in all the boards I was on how many little problems come up every day for a CEO. It, it's like waking up every morning expecting, wondering where your next paper cut's going to be. And the second is, I just never understood how, how deeply CEOs feel the responsibilities to their people, to the capital that they've taken. I knew intellectually it's supposed to happen, but actually living it now, I, I really do respect it. For, so for those of you on whose boards I was at some time, Lexi, and there's a few others of you here, uh, I just want to say on behalf of all the VCs here that, and it's a little harder for me, thank you very much.